Mask wearing has become a divisive issue. Videos of people arguing with store clerks about mask use seems to go viral pretty much every week. And some people have even taken to protesting, saying their rights are being infringed on. But there's more to this conversation. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is why. With face coverings a part of the new normal, it's easy to complain about having to wear a mask indoors or when you can't be two meters apart from people. Sure, they can be too tight or too loose, and yeah, it can be a challenge to breathe or talk in one. And while there are some people who have legitimate medical reasons for an exemption, there's also a vocal group who equate masks to muzzles and are saying that the public health restrictions are restricting their civil liberties. Let's dig into that. Michael Bryant is the executive director of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and joins us. Thanks so much for your time, Michael. My pleasure. Michael, the times that we're in with this coronavirus pandemic are uh, unique in that there is a greater uh, a greater good that, can, that can, should be looked out for, that being public health. However, it seems to me that there's opportunities for... Um, you know, potential trans, transgressions of civil liberties. I wonder if um, if we can just speak about a few, just get a couple of a, a quick sample questions out of the way, scenarios out of the way. And then, uh, but I, I'd like you to begin if uh, with just a general definition of, of civil liberties and, and where they stand today in Canada. What our organization does, uh, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, is... Um, uh, we recognize that uh, majority governments, federal, provincial, and um, it doesn't really apply municipally, but majority government in, uh, in Ottawa and the provincial governments and the territories, uh, they have a lot of legal power. Uh, when they um, win a majority, they basically control a legislature and they represent a majority, um, but sometimes they'll do something that um, affects minorities in a way that not only is um, uh, politically unpleasant, um, but uh, violates their fundamental freedoms. So we set up a charter of rights and freedoms under our constitution, thanks to Pierre Elliott Trudeau and all the premiers back then, uh, to say uh, that there's a limit on what governments and legislatures can do. They can't violate certain rights and freedoms. And it's basically equality, free speech, free association, uh, privacy, and um, uh, Aboriginal rights. That's a separate uh, conversation. Um, And then a a couple of rights that you might think are obscure, but very important, one of which came up in the context of COVID. So uh, mobility rights exists under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the reason that mobility rights are so important is that's why it Canada came together in the first place in 1867. You had uh, colonies and uh, territories uh, that were British and you want the idea was if we were actually as a going to do stuff as a country we needed to unite we needed upper canada and lower canada eastern canada and western canada so let's all get together and be canada but the deal is 
you're a Canadian. You're not an upper Canadian or a lower Canadian or an Acadian or a Westerner. You're a Canadian. So you can go anywhere you want in Canada and be a Canadian citizen and live anywhere and we'll build a railway. That was the deal. So when Newfoundland and PEI and New Brunswick and the territories said during COVID, if you don't live in this province, you can't come in here unless you're an emergency uh, health worker, basically. Mm. So uh, somebody wanted to go to her mom's funeral um, in her hometown. She wasn't living at the time in Newfoundland. She lived in um, Nova Scotia. So she wanted to go into her mom's funeral and they said, no, you can't come in here. You don't live here. And that violates mobility rights. So together with her, we brought a case in, uh, in Newfoundland arguing that the government can't stop people from coming in. Now, this is an example of uh, a truly minority right because it was actually quite popular in Newfoundland that the province was keeping outsiders out. Um, and we didn't succeed at court. Uh, whether we appeal or not, we'll see. Uh, we've won some cases. We've lost some cases. But that's what we do. We, we have to turn to courts to get this relief based on constitutional rights because you're not going to get it politically from a legislature because we're always talking about minority or at least unpopular rights. So you're talking about the Atlantic bubble that's been established. My understanding is that was set up to protect public health. Where does the adage of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few play into this conversation, Michael? Firstly, there one needs to identify which rights we're talking about. So we're not talking about commercial rights. We're by and large talking about rights that really strike at the heart of a, hu- a human uh, dignity in some way, equality, um, uh, freedom to not have the police uh, come clomping into your house without a warrant, uh, free speech, uh, to name a few. So uh, the idea is uh, the rights of the many uh, don't get to trump those fundamental freedoms. But in the COVID context, you can say, well, but I don't understand. This is, this is an effort to save people's lives and improve people's health how could that ever be contrary to their individual rights? And the short answer is it's more often than not unintended consequences. But here's the test. Here's what we look at, generally speaking. We will say of any emergency management order, is it necessary and is it proportionate? And by necessary, uh, what we uh, say to a government in court is if you're infringing upon, say, a mobility right, and, and they clearly work. Uh, why is it necessary? And, you know, you need evidence that it's necessary. And you you can't just say, um, well, it's necessary because there's COVID, because COVID doesn't eliminate our constitutional rights. And that's when you get to the proportionality. So you look at exactly what you're talking about. Is it reasonable that we limit this right to mobility um, based on the evidence that we have that if we, for example, don't do this, if we simply quarantined people like they do in most provinces, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't that be good enough? And so that, that's, that, that's where really the rubber hits the road is when you start drilling down and looking at, is there another way to do this which infringes less on people's rights? Michael, we've seen a lot of mass protests. Okay. 
There were several anti-mask protests across the country this weekend as the debate continues over whether masks should be mandatory. You telling me that you actually lied to us back in April, but now I'm supposed to believe you? It's a joke. We should be allowed to choose what we want to do with our bodies. Although health officials did not promote general mask use early in the pandemic, things have changed. Scientists believe that wearing masks can help curb the spread of COVID-19. And an argument I've heard is that it stomps on people's civil liberties. If provinces and the federal government put in a mandate for people to wear masks in an indoor public space, would that be, in your opinion, a violation of civil liberties? Yeah, so we'd have to look, we'd look at the law. Uh, so in that case, um, uh, it would be, uh, wouldn't be a federal law. It would have to be a provincial or a territorial law for the reasons I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and so it would probably only apply to the provinces in which it took place. But let's uh, take Quebec because they uh, are currently have the most restrictive laws. And uh, you, you uh, say, is, is this necessary? And the answer is yes. We know that um, there is social, so, sorry, that there's empirical evidence that masks, in fact, reduce the uh, chances of infection during COVID. So is it proportionate? Is it necessary that they be worn uh, outside, for example, in circumstances where there's uh, sufficient social distancing? And, and that's one where, you know, we would argue, um, no, they don't have the evidence proving that. And in fact, the, um, uh, the evidence seems to suggest that, it, that it's unnecessary uh, outside, it, 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 particularly if somebody is social distancing. So that's how that would break down. Uh, typically, the absolutes are, I understand they're, they're clear, they have that advantage to them uh, from a communications perspective. But um, the problem, of course, is that they end up um, infringing upon some people's rights. What I will say, though, about mask wearing is that the actual infringement on people's rights um, is it's not significant to ask somebody to put a mask. I mean, let me just be clear. I don't like wearing masks. I don't like them. Uh, I, I don't know. And I don't like being told what to do. I really don't. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we're in the business of legal discourse and constitutional rights. Um, we're not talking about a serious infringement of my freedom mm-hmm. for me to have to wear a mask. And so, those mass cases are going to be uh, difficult for us to win because of that. Now, that doesn't mean we wouldn't fight that fight. But right now, our view is that all of the current restrictions that exist and the rules on masks that exist right now are, in fact, uh, proportionate. And um, we haven't got to the point that you're describing. Uh, again, I think the general, that general that what's interesting about masks is... Uh, and that issue and I think the reason why it's such a lightning rod is that it really does affect everybody and it's not subjective you know social distancing is subjective and you know oh, I think I'm I think I'm far enough away um, and I may know very well that I'm not but you know uh, it's uh, no 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 that, I, I'm definitely a meter away or two meters away mass there's no you know either you got them on or you don't now some people you know put them on and their nose hangs out uh, because they don't want to fog up their glasses. I understand, but you know, that's not wearing a mask. That's wearing like half a mask. But um, uh, that's where we're at right now when it comes to masks. Uh, Some might say, uh, look, I should have the freedom to not wear a mask. And the answer to that is, well, by law, 
The government can do this. They can compel this. Yes, it violates your liberty and your freedom. So it's true. But the argument is, is that it's necessary and proportionate uh, in the, to advance and promote public health. And, um, and the infringement is not significant. And that's why right now the mask laws are uh, constitutional. Moving to maybe a more severe uh, example is the possibility of um, well, the possibility of, of, of shutting down movement within cities, within, you know, population areas. Uh, we saw that very early on in, in this pandemic in China, in Wuhan, China, also uh, Italy. Um, if uh, I'm wondering if the calculus changes uh, and what it could mean if a province like, let's say, Ontario shuts down the Golden Horseshoe as far as people not allowing not being allowed to leave their home except to, you know, go for groceries once a week kind of thing. What could um, what's the what's the arguments for and against there? What would that be like? That would be in those like right now. um let's just pick on British Columbia right now in British Columbia or Alberta, uh, that law, one would, the argument would be, it's not necessary and it's not proportionate. The science doesn't support that right now. Um, in Quebec, in the red zone, uh, they would have science that says it is proportionate, but potentially, uh, and, um, uh, but I'll tell you where the challenge arises. It's, uh, it's all in the drafting. So the prob- the challenge becomes that um, not enough, you can never, you never can anticipate the exceptions. And once you write the law, it's done. And even if you go back to fix it, all the mistakes that are made with an overbroad law that is not as narrowly interpreted as possible um, are, you know, the, the, the harm is done on the backs of people by way of tickets uh, more often than not. So we put out a report in June uh, reporting on uh, the $10 million in fines that were given out during the, during the first wave and found that the problem was either um, the poorly drafted laws and rules around where you could go, what you could do and what you couldn't do combined with um, a lack of discretion being exercised by police and bylaw officers. And because, and this is, uh, this is our point at Civil Liberties Association in a nutshell, is it's a public health pandemic. It's a public health problem. It is not a public order problem. I know people often want to cast it as a public order problem, but our view is that that's based on a fear uh, and a desire for people to control a situation in circumstances where we can't control the virus. So we need to focus on the virus and not focus on what some people consider to be antisocial and incorrect behavior. Unless, the, unless a government can show that this antisocial incorrect behavior is in fact harmful to others, as opposed to speculatively harmful to others, uh, then a restriction on that behavior needs to be, uh, is, is overdone. So masks, check, you can do that. Social distancing, check. Um, a limit on the number of people that can congregate indoors, check. Outdoors, check. Uh, but it depends on what those numbers are. And lastly, it depends on how long it's been, how long it's 
it's going to last and be put in place. You, you need to have the legislature reconvene regularly so that you don't have a situation where a rule is put into place and it stays there longer than it needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we need to start from a presumption of freedom. We can't start with a presumption of guilt every time we go outside. And, and there, were, there was a time for me anyways in the spring where I felt as soon as I stepped outside, I was afraid that I'd see a police officer or a bylaw officer, and I live in Toronto. I wasn't violating any rules, but I was afraid that I'd get ticketed because maybe some new rule had been created yesterday that I didn't know about. Now, maybe I'm not a good example because I'm the head of the Civil Liberties Organization. I better know what new rules there are. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, maybe the police officer or the bylaw officer doesn't have an update either. You know, we, we all assume that there's a system in place to notify someone when there's new laws in place. And normally that is the case. There's a huge lead time of months and months. And they have seminars and they teach everybody how it works. Not, not during the pandemic. You know, you will get rules that change literally overnight. And neither the enforcers nor the people who would they be enforced against will necessarily know what the law is. And you, you, you can't just get journalists uh, uh, to be um, the ones who communicate that. Michael Bryant is the executive director of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Michael, if some of our listeners want to find out more about the association and what you people are working on moving forward, is there somewhere or a website we can send them to so they can read some more about their rights? Thank you. Go to our website, ccla.org, ccla.org, and right on the homepage are uh, live updates on covid but not live updates on what the government's telling you to do, live updates on what we are doing to fight um, government overreach when it comes to COVID. So live updates about your rights. This is Why is produced by me, Dave McIver, and Adam Toy. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email, thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands and wear a mask. We'll see you soon.